Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera. Pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Hello, good afternoon. This is the Midday News. The news is live on Joy 99.7 in Accra, Love 99.5 in Kumasi and over 30 affiliates across Ghana's 16 regions including Radio Justice Tamale, Radio Panduk Pandu, Fafa Radio Joje and Jata FM Karaga. We are live on X Spaces, Facebook live stream and my Joy Online interactive app. The Midday News is sponsored by Petrosol, your clean fuel in full quantity. Petrosol, always a delightful experience and Duraplast Ghana Limited, producers of quality PVC and HD pipes and water tank where duroplast goes water flows coming up collapsed buildings flooded homes and power outages the state of some communities in the volta region as they grapple with the devastation caused by an ongoing spillage of the akosumbu and pong dams been happened in the 60 years ago and now it's unfortunately we are not in this situation but it has been there's nothing we could do the situation is very devastating in fact the houses have been submerged people's businesses have Details as the ECG says some residents will have to live in darkness as it works out alternative power supply. Also in this package, Office of the Special Prosecutor requests the Chief Justice to recuse and remove his Lordship Justice Edward Chum from all cases involving the OSP pending before him. We'll tell you why. Why? Meanwhile, lawyers for embattled former sanitation minister Cecilia Dapa expressed disappointment over what they call unethical behavior of the OSP in the former minister's case. Also, High Court to deliver judgment in Aisha One case in December after prosecutors and defense lawyers filed their written closing addresses. So that case in case that if any campaign, any um, identified campaign who is arrested will be, will be put through, through trial. Also in this package, former chairman of Illegal Mining Committee, Professor Frempon Boating, expresses concern over Attorney General's dismissal of his report on the involvement of government officials in Galamsey. He warns of impending crisis. And who was in a better position to assist the CID with the conduct of investigations than the person who alleges that these individuals were engaged in wrongdoing? And the professor clearly, as recorded in the documents of the CID, refused to cooperate. And in sports, the stage is set for the 2023 Afcon draw with the Black Stars facing the prospect of meeting the continent's best countries. heroes Akatachie in a fierce competition edge out Tamale Islamic Senior High and Nifa Senior High School in the 1-8 stage of the NSMQ. When I came, I just saw the left. When we came back, Tamale left. Tamale this. We'll bring you more on that win by Owas, plus uh, some details of other stories here on the Midday News. Thanks for choosing us. We are joining us independent, fearless and credible.
I'm Bernice Abubeidulan. So the details now. Some buildings in the Volta region have collapsed as a result of flooding caused by an ongoing spillage of the Akosombo and Pong dams. Residents of Sugakopa and adjoining communities have been displaced by the floods. The Ghana Grid Company has also cut power to some of these communities due to flooding at its substation. Listen to some residents who say their communities have been devastated. The situation is very devastating. In fact, uh, houses have been submerged, people's businesses have, have been brought to a halt. You know, uh, people come to buy nothing from here to take to Japan to go and process. All those, those ones have been submerged. Uh, we think that uh, not much has been done by the state, the uh, relevant uh, stakeholders to help the situation because the situation was uh, known to them before the field. They knew that the current in the water level was very high and was not the usual one. So they should have made provisions to settle the people. We believe that if there was to be effective collaboration, the Ghana Armed Forces has, has what it takes to resettle the people. We believe that not most in disaster management, well, the, 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 the first option is disaster prevention. We don't wait for the uh, uh, harm to be caused for the disaster to happen before you come and manage. That is not how uh, the disaster is supposed to be managed. And so they saw the risk. And they knew this thing uh, uh, happened in the 60 years ago. And now, it's unfortunately, we are not expecting this situation, but it has been. There's nothing we could do that to wait our people to save our ground. We, we, let's stick with the assembly man uh, handle this situation. We see a lot of uh, people uh, from your house bringing out uh, their properties. Oh, okay. Uh, if this situation happened for some two, three days now. You heard some residents in the affected communities. We have our reporters deployed to various parts of the Volta region and they've been monitoring the situation. First, uh, we go to Carlos Caloni, who will be engaging engineer Edward Obinkenzo, deputy chief executive in charge of engineering at the VRA. All right, so you're live on, on, on radio, join news actually. So, uh, what is the update on the village so far and how long is this uh, particular village expected to last? Um, as as I said uh, earlier, uh, this village has uh, experienced. Uh, we have been our calmness to be able to balance the volumes that we are seeing. Uh, the hope, hoping that the inflows of water coming in really to allow us to do the volume that we are spilling. Uh, as you should know, um, as at July, we found out that the amount of volume coming to the dam was very. So we plan that we have to work contain this amount of water so that we don't want um, top of the dam. By so doing, come September, the amount of water coming is too much for the dam to come. It started at a very small volume, which the community is not uh, Two weeks into the program, so that the volume scan was too also very, very high. You have to increase the volume. And only last three days, you have to increase the volume again. The volume that came two days ago was about 4,000. And the room left for us was about only two feet. And we have to open these gates to contain the water that are coming so that we don't talk about So as we speak this morning, with the amount of water that is around 300,000, and we are spilling almost 1,810. We have a headroom of only one feet. So if you don't take care to evacuate most of this water, the integrity of the dam, at first, they the dam to come out. I'm sure they take it normal than what we have. We are hoping that we next to two. I will send you the amount of all of 
We understand the uh, Deputy Minister of Energy, Herbert Krapa, is here leading a government delegation. What is this whole engagement going to be about? Uh, to educate um, Ghanaians and also the communities that are affected, what we are doing and why we are doing. Uh, as you know, after yesterday, we went into the community. We've been to the community since September. <laughs> uh, three days ago, the extent was very clear. So we have to go in the community relationship and then like, to give out some relief items to the community traveling. Okay. So that is why we are here. And also to give the Chinese what we are doing to make sure we say that we are not going to have the questions of food. Finally, dredging the Volta Lake has become a, a, a major issue downstream. A lot of people are blaming this havoc uh, uh, we are seeing downstream on the VRA for not having done dredging over the years, which is actually costing this. Uh, what are you going to do going forward uh, to actually affect uh, some of these uh, problems? Okay, uh, thank you. But just to uh, put the record, this 2007, this effect was not dredging downstream. This effect is really great. This effect happened somewhere in 1970. That was when it had such effect. The dredging, invariably, if I wanted a dredging contract to two companies who are going to dredge the, the, the lake, and if you could recall, somebody took us on to court that we came there with a dredge that would spoil the water. That delayed the dredging. So I think the community now are, 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 are coming to terms with what we have to do. And now I think the next thing is that the dredging has all right, thank you so much. So, Ben, that was uh, Engineer Obeng Kenzo. Uh, he is the Deputy Chief Executive uh, in charge of engineering and um, uh, operation here at the VRA, giving us updates on what we should expect going forward. Thanks. Uh, that's my colleague Carlos Caloni reporting from uh, the Volta region. Let's stay there because Ivy Setaji is also at a different part of that region. Ivy, which areas of the Volta region did you visit and what did you find? Uh, so I visited uh, Dr. Awadiwe Koma uh, in the Central Tong uh, District where the residents uh, uh, had their properties uh, destroyed. Uh, the whole community is flooded. Uh, they were trying to uh, salvage what was left. Uh, I spoke with the assemblyman and I also spoke with uh, some residents including the Mankralo. Currently, I am at the uh, so that copper does uh, where the Ghana Grid Company Limited is, which is also rather the power station. And students of the Convoni Senior High School uh, have been asked to go home because of the flood. The hospital, part of the hospital outside is also flooded. So these communities are flooded and taking their things out of the, their homes. Uh, they are asking government to do something about their situation. Now, some of the residents are saying that uh, they said the people along the water basin should have been resetted before the spillage of the dam. And the government, so the authorities have all the resources to do that, but they are not able to do that. So they are asking government to do something about the situation immediately because uh, it's devastating according to the residents. So that's it. Thank you, Ivy. You just had Ivy talk about uh, the power outages in some communities in the Volta region. Well, Public Relations Officer of the ECG, Benjamin Entry, says they are finding alternative means to provide power to affected residents. It will be recorded that when we issued the statement, communities that were off included Akachi, Abo, Keta, Sugakope, Adidome, and Mloga. By yesterday, we were able to supply most of our customers from 
the Aflao box supply points. So as we speak, customers in Akachi, Abo, Angloga are having power supply. Then again, this morning, in fact, late last night, we were able to also restore power supply to most of our customers within the Sukagope Township. That includes the Sukagope District Hospital as well. You know, we are wearing power all the way from Aflao to Sukagope. So definitely, if we don't manage the load very well, then my experience on power flat, which is as well as low voltage. That's Public Relations Officer of the ECG, Deputy Director General of NADMO, Seji Saji Amedonu, says the organization has started distributing relief items in the area. Let's now speak to MP for Anglo, uh, one of the affected areas, Richard Kwame Sepe. Good afternoon to you, uh, Mr. Sepe, and thanks for your time. Um, now, have you visited some of the affected areas, and what have your constituents been telling you? Thank you very much for the opportunity. Um, as you, you, you mentioned, I went there three days ago and I visited some of the communities. Uh, the report that being given was exactly what is on the ground in some of my communities too. Um, if you go to a community like uh, Agodoropi, uh, Koji, Siaho, Renui, and Galosupa, all those uh, towns and villages along the banks of Ravota and even along the banks of the Keta Lagoon are suffering some of these challenges. Um, now, uh, if you take a community like Agwabiruki, it's very difficult for the children to go to school, uh, as well as uh, Fiaho. For Fiaho, the whole, the whole school land is submerged. Uh, really, the, about uh, 50%, 60% of the land submerged. Angloga itself, uh, the market, Angloga market, about 70% of the market land also submerged. You know, uh, the interesting thing is that with all the changes going on, apart from uh, volume, uh, much of the volume of the water going straight into the sea, about 40% end up in Angloga Kata district. That is that's where, when you pose the question to uh, the, the engineer from VRA, I was happy. Because back was what you have been saying about two, three years ago, that they should not wait for some of these things to happen before they start the dredging. If they had known that this challenge is coming, where can they dredge the map of the river Volta, which is, is blocked with some baths and what have you? You go there now, my sister, you, you fly for the people. The, 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 the water is not moving as expected. If they had allowed the free flow of water into the sea, the, the, the tro- most of the trouble we are having now would have been there. So the river, the the Lagoon, which is supposed to be a reservoir for the uh, the, the water from Akosobo, is also uh, uh, got up to its maximum. Mm. Right. And you, know, you don't know what to do now. That is the problem we are having. So for me, I put uh, uh, about 90% of that problem uh, onto the, the, the doctors of VRA for their inability to, to, to dredge the, the mouth of the river water. Thank you for your time this afternoon. That's MP Fangno, Richard Kwame Sepa. You're listening to the Midday News here on Joy 99.7 FM. Now, the Office of the Special Prosecutor has asked the Chief Justice to recuse and remove his Lordship Edward Chum from all cases involving the OSP pending before him. According to the Special Prosecutor, the request is grounded on the OSP's well-founded belief that Justice Edward Chum appears to be highly prejudiced against the OSP and the person of the Special Prosecutor. Lawyers were 
embattled former sanitation minister Cecilia Dapa have expressed disappointment over what they call the unethical behaviour the OSP is exhibiting in the case of the former minister. My colleague Richard Kojunyako was in court and joins us online. Richard, quite some interesting developments we have here. Give us details uh, of uh, more details of why the OSP has petitioned the Chief Justice. Well, Ben, if the OSP grounds a petition on what he says, a well-founded belief that just that you have uh, eliminated that Justice Ejotum, the High Court judge, appears to be highly prejudiced against not only the Office of the Special Prosecutor, but his person. So the OSP in the petition says he doesn't reasonably expect the party to proceed before the said judge. And he very really believes that the judge may not give him any office justice. Should the judge be allowed to continue to handle cases involving the office of the special? Yeah, and what are these cases, Richard? Well, so the case, one of them is about the confirmation of the seizure of the cash from Madame Vladapar's house, and then a confirmation for the freezing of the account of Madame Vladapar. And the other one is a criminal case for the failure of Madame Vladapar to return the form um, that was sent on her by the OSC. Have you been getting any reaction from Cecilia Dapar's lawyers? Well, Ben, if it was a brutal reaction, lawyer for Madame Cecilia Victoria Abad said it was disappointing that the OSP, having regard to the adverse effect the application has on Madame Cecilia Dapar, a cash under seizure, a bank account closing, the OSP did not even deem it fit to give notice of the petition. She says they are. They see the petition and without prejudice to the merits of the petition before the chief justice as a deliberate ploy to frustrate the hearing and a desperate attempt to avoid the OSC's own ill-fated application. On a criminal matter, Victoria Basket, they were improperly served and when Madame Gladapa and her husband showed up in court to deal with the issues in the charge the OSC did not have courtesy to show up in person to inform the court and those who had inconvenience in the petition. He further noted that she was not aware of any law or procedure that dispenses with the absence of a lawyer or prosecutor just because they have petitioned a CJ in respect of the matter they had due notice or having initiated. So she described the act of the OSP as highly unethical. So the case has been adjourned to the 18th of October, where it is expected that the Chief Justice would have made a determination in the petition court before her. Madame Gladapa was in court with her husband. She reported. In some beautiful black and white street dress with a black edge to match, she sat beside her bespectacled husband who had a walking stick. She doesn't look like someone who is troubled and would occasionally take a, uh, go through her phone and browse through. Right. So they are back in mm. court on the 18th of October. That's Richard Kojunyako joining us from the courts. Let's now explore this with private legal practitioner Kweku Painso. Thank you so much, Mr. Painso, for your time. Now, how does, how does this petition to the Chief Justice uh, come across? I think uh, I'm wondering whether there's a real need for a petition to the Chief Justice, notwithstanding all the allegations that have been made in support of the application. That's my personal view. It's got nothing to do with what the law says about the subject matter. Yes. So what are the options available to the OSP in, in this case? Well, let's put it this way. When you appear before a judge, a judge may appear hostile. The judge may appear to be whatever. In the very first place, whatever decision a judge makes is a judge's decision and it's liable if you disagree with it to go on appeal. You see, as a lawyer, you come into situations where sometimes you find the position of a judge as so hostile that there's a temptation to believe or to think or to suspect 
that there's more to the eye than what you are seeing in the courtroom. But the real test of a judge's decision is that you go before the three wise men. And what? the three wise men, sometimes you'll be amazed that they confirm exactly what the judge has said. They take a clear position, uh, the same as the judge has done. Otherwise, they're entitled to disagree with the judge in the lower court. Mm-hmm. In any case, mm-hmm. outside appeal, a, a proper application to recuse a judge, in my honest view, ought to come before that very judge, supported with the affidavit of facts that you rely upon to recuse the judge. And the idea is to enable the party on the other side. The judge himself or herself may not, of course, be able to depose to right. uh, a supporting uh, 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 an affidavit of position. But, 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 but it allows... Sorry it to interject. I'm, I'm just to trying to... I'm just trying to figure out, Lawyer Pinto, if you're saying that such petitions are not normal and permitted. I didn't even say that. I will say, you asked me the procedure, the typical Mm. procedure. So I'm telling you, normally, in the Mm -hmm. first place, the various options that are open. First, I said there's a right to appeal a judge's decision to really test how, how, how proper it is. In other words, if the petition that you are making your case, for instance, is that the judge is biased and so forth and so on, naturally, the point you're making is that the conclusion of what the judge made has been influenced or affected by the judge's bias. And when you have appealed on such a matter to the three wise men, that is to say to the court of appeal, they're entitled to agree or disagree with you, even on the substance of what you claim to be the bias, if there is the allegation. That's Point number one. I'm saying that point number two, the proper procedure in my honest view, if you want to recuse a judge, is to bring an application before that very judge, before whom the the, 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 the what the perception of bias or the allegation of perceived bias is being made. And then you give the opponent the opportunity to react to it. And the same judge will have an opportunity to make a ruling. I'm giving an example only last week or two weeks for those of you who have been following American politics and judicial whatever. You remember that, uh, what do you call it, this uh, uh, Trump. They tried to recuse this judge, Chuktan. I mean, that's her name, I think. And the judge ruled that she dismissed the application for recu- recusal. Well, well noted. Well over. noted, that's lawyer Pinto. Finally. The third so- point, or the third option, is what the OSP has done, which is to petition the Chief Justice. But you see, the the duty of the Chief Justice in intervening in matters that are already precise, I mean, being handled before judges or courts of law is an administrative one. And that power is for the Chief Justice to transfer a case before any judge to any judge. It's an administrative decision which is normally not questioned. That's private legal practitioner Kweku Pento. Thank you for your time this afternoon. And still in court, the fate of Chinese national and alleged kingpin of illegal mining, N1, popularly known as Aisha Wan, is to be decided in December. Aisha Wan insists she's never been involved in illegal mining, but state prosecutors have vehemently opposed that claim. Both parties have now closed their cases and judgment is expected should be delivered on December 4. Member of a legal affairs desk, Kweku Asante, has details. Kweku, recount briefly uh, the cases made by the prosecution and defense. All her witnesses 
the prosecution have also done the same. Aisha one, like you said, has categorically denied. And in fact, in some part of her defense, she said that she's never gone to some of the mining sites that have been alleged that she has been the, the, the boss of. The prosecution, on the other hand, led sometimes by the deputy attorney general, have made the case that this case is a pivot. The case is important to send out a signal to foreign nationals and everyone that you cannot come into the country and destroy Ghana's lands and Ghana's water bodies. And so on December 4th, the court will now decide whether or not Aisha Wan is guilty of the charges preferred against her or whether or not she works free. Kwekwa Sante of our legal desk. The meanwhile, Attorney General Godfrey Yabwadam is confident of a good judgment. Um, all along, there has been the mention of this major Chinese campaign behind Ghana's operations in Ghana, Aisha Wan. Aisha Wan has been prosecuted. Indeed, the prosecution is actually at an end. We concluded the prosecution in July. Um, the date was fixed for filing of what we call prison submissions have been duly filed. So that clearly indicates that yes, any campaign, any um, identified campaign who is arrested will be we put through, through trial. That's Attorney General Godfrey Yabwadami. We'll take a quick breather, but when we come back, former chairman of the Legal Mining Committee, Professor Frimpong Boating, expresses concern over Attorney General's dismissal of his report on the involvement of government officials in Galamsey. Budgets are tight and money difficult to come by. You want to be sure you get the best value for your money. These are not times to be spending money fixing expensive engine problems because of cheap fuel and lubricants. Drive to a petrol source station today and buy your quality fuel and lubricants and rest assured of fuel that lasts long and lubricants that prevent expensive engine problems. Hear the sound. <laughs> petrol source. Clean fuel. In full quantity. Thanks for staying here on the Midday News. And Mubarak is here with the latest from the world of sports. Yes, and uh, the official draw for Africa's biggest football event, the AFCON. It comes off tonight in Abidjan and it marks yet another exciting milestone in the build-up to the 34th edition of the continental event. Now, sports journalist Mama Duguay is in Ivory Coast and says all is set for the draw. Yesterday it was uh, raining heavily, but today, fortunately, the weather is beautiful, no rain, and today is the big day for the draw. And uh, Didier Drogba is here, Sadio Mane is here, they are all here, everybody is just waiting now for the event to start today at 7 p.m. GMT and uh, before that the red carpet to the draw will be at 5 p.m. Yeah, and it's important to add that Ghana has been placed in Pot 2 and will face one of the teams in Pot 1, including defending champion Senegal, seven-time AFCON winners Egypt, and 2022 World Cup semi-finalist Morocco. That's Thanks, Mubarak. Now, former chairman of the Interministerial Committee on Illegal Mining, Professor Kwabna Frimpong-Boating, has hit back at the AG Godfrey Diabwadami for downplaying his report on illegal mining. The Attorney General, in an advice dated September 12, 2023, to the Criminal Investigations Department of the Ghana 
Ghana Police Service asked that the case against some of these uh, politicians be discontinued because the former chairman failed to provide the necessary evidence. Max Olagbagba has details of what Professor Frimpong Boating has been saying. Well, Benis, um, he did not explicitly state why he did not cooperate with the AG, but he says after he altered the report, the Attorney General advised that little attention be given to the report on illegal mining. He says if the AG comes back and says he does not find any evidence in support of the allegations made against the persons cited in the report, he's not surprised. He says that the AG should rather tell Ghanaians why there was no action on his report and why he waited for more than two years when he is out of office to now tell Ghanaians that there is no evidence to prosecute those implicated in the report. He concludes by saying we can all ignore the destruction of the environment and its biodiversity but the reality of quote these criminal actions by people who have no conscience and love for the country will be evident in the near future if not soon unquote. Thanks Max. Well another conference of heads of assisted secondary schools CHAS is unhappy about government's decision to outsource the procurement of food for senior high school to third parties. According to CHAS the arrangement has plunged the institutions into serious difficulties and many of the suppliers are unreliable. This has led to widespread hunger on various campuses. Speaking at the 61st CHAS conference president Reverend Father Stephen Owusu Setre made a passionate appeal to government for the decision to be reversed. The professor had made specific allegations against named individuals. It is in fact very stressful as heads as we look on hopelessly and helplessly as these facilities fall apart due to inadequate funds to maintain them. We are as usual urging management to ensure timely release of the entire funding of the schools to make our work less stressful. Monies allocated for all activities must be increased significantly to meet the current market prices of goods and services. Charles also wish to reiterate our plea to management to allow the various schools procure the food items to feed the students. You had the president of CHAS. Now, the Econ Economic Community of West African States, ECOWAS, is worried about plans of a political party to organize a victory parade ahead of the declaration of results in Liberia. It comes a day after the National Electoral Commission declared results from 16 of the 5,890 polling stations in the country. And before I go... After the unnotable loss to Adisado College in the semi-finals last year, Pokuwari School is making a resolute entry into the quarterfinals of this year's competition following a resounding win against Northern Zonal champions Tamale Islamic Science SHS and Nifa SHS students from the school uh, have been interacting with my colleague Jacqueline Ansomayabwa. When I came, I just 